This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Hey y'all, it's Bentley coming to you from the Church of the Incarnation in Highlands, North Carolina. Hey, it's Kellen. Uh, Kellen, last week we did an episode entitled Hard Hats and JB, JB. John the Baptist. Or Justin Bieber. But it wasn't about Justin Bieber. (laughs) We could do an episode about Justin Bieber, but I don't think you all would be interested. I would be interested. I might be interested as well. But, but, I was really surprised, Kellen, because last week, I think we received more feedback, positive messages about last week's podcast than, than any other podcast we've released to date. I don't think that's true, but I think there's there's been kind of a lag of affirmation about the podcast for a little bit, which is totally fine. It's kind of like part of our normal like life together, and so we don't need to remark on it. But for some reason, the Hard Hats episode just like evoked this like, Pretty, Uptick. Yeah, passionate response in some of our listeners. I think that your enthusiasm, Bentley, was infectious. So so maybe the lesson is that from time to time, we talk about something that we both get like really, really excited about, which happens at, at you know, after halftime when we shift and look at the gospel reading. Which we're both always excited about. Right, but maybe the front end, we need to kind of think about those things that really spark joy for us. (laughs) Marie Kondo it. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that seems to have uh, received a good deal of traction are these readings that we have from Austin Farrer. Uh, The number of folks that have reached out and said, remind me the book. What was that again? I loved that passage uh, from his from his book has been pretty remarkable. But don't try to buy it on Amazon because Janice, who you know is a faithful Empty Pews listener, told us she tried to go purchase it and it was like over nine hundred dollars, which makes yeah. me you know wonder, Bentley, how you got the book. That's a great question. So it, it is. Um, this is kind of like the uh, what's that oh, game on uh, Price Is Right. You try to guess the number. It's it's <laughs> certainly less than a thousand. It's less than a hundred. But when it's, you bought it, it yeah, it's more than five dollars. Like they're not printing these things out, you know, all the time. But you could get it. As so a, you don't know where you got it, and you don't know how much it was. I, I think I ordered it online. And I think it was probably like around $35. So a nice Christmas present if you're trying to get someone something nice for Christmas. A little Austin Fair book would be a lovely gift. <laughs> but right now it's really expensive. So <laughs> just maybe wait a bit until they print some more copies. Well, off. when she, what I thought about doing was just kind of scanning the book and then selling mine for $899. If if, if people are buying it for $1,000, maybe we should sell the copy. That's exactly the type of activity a priest of the church should be participating in. <laughs> you want it there, sell it to you. In a box so beautiful, it blinds your point of view. Don't buy it there. They wrapped it up 
price for bad advice as long as you keep buying. Um, it's been a little while since we haven't had an update on your stationary bike, Bentley. Wondering how that's going in your life. Yeah, Kellen, thank you for asking about that. It's going well. I I think there are a couple of measures by which I am able to say that. I think one is consistency. Uh, the other is that I find that I'm huffing and puffing a little bit less as I continue to ride. So my cardiovascular system is is appreciative, I think, of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going much better. I'm sleeping better. Um that's You're a, describing like growing in virtue, right? Consistency, ease is another sign that someone's growing in virtue. Joy is kind of the pinnacle of someone who has grown in virtue. Like, do you find a lot of joy in the experience of doing good? What would you say, Kellen? Um, I think this is a good way to think about it. What would you say if that joy shows up after the fact? Uh, I think there can be, yeah, retrospective joy when you've done something virtuous, absolutely. But I, but I think that maybe the the pinnacle of the action, sort of the the best possible virtuous life, is expressed in like immediate joy in doing the good. Yeah, it's, even if it's hard. I would say that in terms of my exercise regimen, it's not quite there yet, Kellen. That's okay. You just you just sort of return to this practice. It's getting there though. Great. Um, this is good news. But you talking about virtues reminds me a little bit of the class that we've had on Wednesday nights. Do you, would you mind kind of filling folks in a little bit on, on what we've been doing on Wednesday nights uh, for those who maybe haven't made it? Yeah, it's been super fun. Um, the first Wednesday we talked about justice and that particular virtue. Bentley led us in a discussion on that. And then last week we talked about patience. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about hope. Yeah, it's been a... I. It's been a really wonderful time for me to, to, to be together as a parish family and to think through these virtues and how they're cultivated. Um, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed thinking about how those three are connected to one another, how they sort of um, require each other almost. Um, we, don't, we don't spend a lot of time, you know, connecting, integrating those virtues, but... In my own personal reflection, I've been thinking a little bit how, you know, the work of justice requires patience and hope. Um, I think if you were to liken it to kind of bread making, I think hope is kind of like the flour. Hmm. It's essential. <laughs> it's hard to substitute that with something else. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I'm not and talking about the gluten. might be I'm like ta- patience. Yeah. I mean, am I stretching the metaphor too much? Which one is like patience? Yeast. Yeast. Yeah. Take some time for it to like work its fullness. Yeah, that feels right. I don't know what justice would be in this bread making world we're inhabiting now. Maybe justice is just like the oven that it's cooked in. (laughs) It's fire. Yeah, just like a little heat. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, we've had a wonderful time with these classes it'll be sad to say goodbye to the advent virtues um we won't be saying goodbye to the virtues just the class just the class and something in particular from last class kellen if it's okay that really kind of struck a chord with me Mm -hmm. was when you were talking through patience and we were trying to think through whether or not we are patient people you said to the group 
here are a couple of questions uh, that you can think about mm-hmm. and ways to consider whether or not you're a patient person or if you have some work to do in that regard. Would you, what are some of the questions, if you'll remind me in the group uh, that you asked the other night of... Mm-hmm. Of the class? Sure. Yeah, I asked, um, who are you when you're sitting in traffic? And uh, another question was, how do you treat a waiter after your food doesn't come for an hour? Those are kind of the the two that come to mind right now. Also, the question of, like, how do you, you know, continue to be patient in a pandemic? That's obviously a question that was on my heart. Yeah, well, I think these are good questions for all of us to kind of hold in our hearts at this time. Um, It was uh, really helpful for me to think through some of those things in those particular ways. So thank you for offering that to us, Kellen. Thanks for saying that. So take my hand, don't leave me lonely. Guide me out. Into the light Cause I don't want No, I don't want A life like this Alright, Kellen, um, let, I think it's time to probably turn to Austin Fairer's reflection for the week. Uh, so here it is. Jesus gave his body and blood to his disciples in bread and wine. Amazed at such a token and little understanding what they did, Peter, John, and the rest reached out their hands and took their master and their God. Whatever else they knew or did not know, they knew they were committed to him, body and soul. They were consenting that he should die for them, and that they somehow should live it out. The cock had not crowed twice that night before Peter thrice denied, but still he knew he was committed to Christ, for Christ had given him his body and his blood. Christ's body and blood lived in him, and Christ forgave him. There was no breaking of the sacramental tie. We are not worthy of Christ, but we are bound to Christ. With all the sincerity of our minds, let us renew the bond and pray to live for him who has died for us. Just as you finished reading that Bentley, you know, you stopped and you said, commitment. And then I said, worthiness. And I think both of those things are obviously what he's talking about. But I don't know if you want to say why you said commitment, why you're drawn to that word. Well, I think one of the things that we learn in the face of Christ Jesus is that God is committed to us regardless of our worthiness. Um, I don't think we probably spend enough time thinking about God's commitment to humanity. I agree. We could spend more time contemplating that. 
deep and wonderful mystery. There's another piece of this commitment thing that I think, for me, stands out a bit from Ferrer. Um, when he says, whatever else they knew or did not know, they knew that they were committed to him. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe reminds me a bit of what Soren Kierkegaard uh was had in mind when he was thinking about the leap of faith and what's required. Um, at some point, I think all of us are asked the question, you know, are you committing your life to this or not? And maybe a question for us to have in the back of our heads at Advent as we prepare for the coming of Christ how much of our lives, how much of our hearts are we willing to give over to the child looking at us from the manger? So I'm preaching this week, Bentley. Um, so I think that means you're up to summarize the passage, which is a famous one. Yeah, so the reading for the fourth Sunday in Advent comes from the first chapter of Luke this year. And in it, uh, we are told the story of Gabriel, a messenger from God sent to Mary to bring good news that she is with child. Um, Of course, she's surprised by this news, uh, but the angel assures her that uh, everything is possible uh, with God. In this gospel story, we're also told that Elizabeth is with child and will bear a son as well. Kellen, I didn't really go into all the details of the gospel reading. Of course, there's a lot more texture and nuance to the story. But I'm curious what you're thinking about as you prepare uh, for Sunday, as you prepare to preach on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, there's so much to talk about when it comes to Mary, right? I feel like it's sort of unfair that she only gets one uh, sort of Sunday. I guess the Annunciation, you could talk about Mary, of course, in March. But um, I've been thinking, contemplating on maybe her status, right? Her, the angel comes to her and says, you are, you know, God favors you. And in her song, right, she says that the Lord has looked with favor on his lowly servant. Um, And so I'm thinking about just like God's choices when approaching humanity, when becoming human, that he has chosen her. Um, He chooses shepherds in the fields to announce the birth of Jesus, just sort of this really unexpected, lowly um, world he inhabits. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just contemplating that. I don't know if I'm going to preach on that, but I'm, I'm thinking about how in myself, right, I feel like a lot of us don't want to look at the lowly parts of ourselves. We want to hide those things. And um, and God insists on using them and finding, you know, favor with us anyway. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about with Mary right now, today, this morning.
Uh, Kellen, I don't know that I want to add a whole lot to what you've just said. I think you have given us all a whole lot to think about. Uh, the only thing that I think comes to my mind at the moment is uh, maybe just to kind of press a bit what you offered related to God using um, our humility uh, or, or finding ways uh, to show up uh, in the humble, in the meek. It's not, I don't think, just a call uh, to open those parts up, but it's also a call to all of us to kind of do something about our pride, do something about um, our, our sense of control and entitlement and power and, and come to recognize that, that God's not going to break into those parts until we're ready to kind of bring down the drawbridge, as it were. Um, and I think Mary gives us a picture of what receptivity to the divine looks like. And it will require all of us to think more critically about the barriers we've put in front of our hearts. Um, and so, Kellen, I think, again, you've given us a lot to consider as we approach Christmas, uh, a lot uh, to think about and maybe still some more work to do. So that our hearts, our lives, uh, would be a bit more reflective of what Mary offers us uh, in the gospel. Here's a blessing based on the verse, Here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. This blessing is for the moment after clarity has come after inspiration, after you have agreed to what seems impossible. This blessing is what follows after illumination departs and you realize there is no map for the path you have chosen, no one to serve as guide, nothing to do but gather up your gumption and set out. This blessing will go with you. It carries no answers, no charts, no plans. It carries no source of light within itself. But in its pocket is tucked a mirror that from time to time it will hold up to you to remind you of the radiance that came when you gave your awful and wondrous yes. All right, friends, as always, wonderful to be with you for this podcast. Uh, We've got a busy couple of weeks ahead of us. And we're going to do everything in our power to get a podcast out to you uh, next week. Uh, No promises, but stay tuned. We're going to try our best. All right. But until then, we hope that you all stay warm and safe uh, this time of year. Uh, Speaking of staying warm, Kellen, have you gotten your Christmas tree yet? No, we haven't. Um, We're planning on getting it soon. But I hear there's a shortage of Christmas trees up here now. So, um, if we can find one, we'll get one. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you can find one up here in the mountains. As always, we love you. We miss you. God's peace.